0: Head to NetSuite.com slash briefing now for their one of a kind flexible financing program. Hello, everyone. I'm Nichelle Terry Ellis, senior writer on CNN's Race and Equality team. In for David Chalian, and this is the CNN Political Briefing. Due to the global COVID-19 pandemic, voting was extremely different this past election year. So, according to the Pew Research Center, many states extended poll hours and 46% of Americans voted by absentee or mail-in ballot. That's compared with less than 24% in 2016, according to the U.S. Election Assistance Commission. In the election, Republicans lost the presidency and control of the Senate while making gains in the House. And since then, some Republican leaders and voters continue to baselessly question the integrity of the election results, undermining confidence in the election system. Various measures have since been introduced that Republicans say will restore election integrity, but would limit how and when people can cast a vote. So today, I want to walk you through some of the history behind voter suppression in this country, the people affected by the current GOP-backed bills, and what Democrats and voting rights advocates are doing to counteract Republicans' efforts. It is a redux of Jim Crow in a suit and tie. That's how former Georgia lawmaker Stacey Abrams described Republican efforts to roll back voting access around the country. But before we dig into the now, let's take a step back to look at some history about the United States' complicated relationship with voting rights. State and local Jim Crow laws after the Civil War legalized racial segregation. Then the 14th Amendment, ratified in 1868, gave Black people equal protection under the laws. And then 19 months later, when the 15th Amendment was ratified, it specified that states were prohibited from disenfranchising voters on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. But those amendments didn't mean Black people were truly free to vote. Voter suppression was especially prevalent in the South, where many states used poll taxes, essentially a fee to vote, to keep marginalized people from casting the ballots. And others required literacy tests that were extremely difficult to pass. These policies often disenfranchised Black Americans. In 1920, women nationwide were granted the right to vote. And even then, Black women were effectively excluded. The years leading up to the 1960s were marked by struggle and bloodshed, with many Black people and their supporters losing their lives as they fought for equality. Civil rights leaders like John Lewis and Martin Luther King Jr. were on the front lines pushing for voting rights. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 removed barriers, including giving Black women, Native Americans, and immigrants the right to vote. A key provision of the act was, required states and localities with a history of voter suppression to submit changes to their election laws to the U.S. Department of Justice for review. Fast forward to 2013, in the Shelby County v. Holder decision, the U.S. Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act by rolling back that provision, and that has led to the targeting of early and absentee voting. For example, Many states are considering changing from signature verification, requiring voters to include a copy of their driver's license or other paperwork with a mail-in ballot, making it harder for certain populations. As of February, state legislatures in 43 states had introduced more than 250 bills with restrictive voting provisions, according to a tally from the Brennan Center for Justice. This wave of restrictive legislation comes as we mark the anniversary of the March for Voting Rights in Selma, Alabama this month. President Joe Biden issued a message earlier this month to lawmakers on both sides of the issue on the anniversary of Bloody Sunday, the day when peaceful voting rights supporters were attacked on the Edmund Pettus Bridge by state and local law enforcement. Let's remember all those who came before us as a bridge to our history, so we don't forget its pain, and as a bridge to our future, so we never lose hope. Biden also marked the day by signing an executive order expanding voting access and urged members of the Senate to do their part to protect the voting rights of all Americans. Today, Republicans are leading efforts around the country to restrict access to the vote. Here's how it's playing out in some of the key states. Let's start in Texas. During the 2020 election, Harris County, the most populous county in the state and home to the state's largest city, Houston, kept early voting locations open for 24 hours and open drive-through polling places. We must pass laws to prevent election officials from jeopardizing the election process. That was Governor Greg Abbott, who supports bills that would place restrictions on absentee ballots and limit counties' authority to expand voting hours. Those are among two dozen voting bills in play in the state. In Arizona, two dozen bills have been introduced. One bill would repeal the state's permanent early voting list. That allowed voters to automatically be sent an absentee ballot. In Florida, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis is pushing a proposal to cut down on mail-in ballots sent to voters, as well as limit access to ballot drop boxes. But I want to talk about one state in particular, Georgia. It has become ground zero for the voting rights debate after claims of voter suppression during the 2020 presidential election, a state with a long history of voter suppression. Its Senate passed an election bill on March 8th that would repeal no-excuse absentee voting and a key committee in the Georgia legislature made a surprise move and began work on a massive new voting bill that would give the state broad powers over local election officials, set limits on weekend early voting, and add voter ID requirements for absentee ballots. Voting rights advocates in Georgia worked to get more disenfranchised voters to the polls in 2020, but these proposed restrictions would put added pressure on marginalized groups. We spoke to Steven Wilson, a voter in Atlanta, And he explained what challenges voters in his state faced. It's not that easy to get out to vote, especially if you work and take care of a family. For example, earlier this year during the pandemic, our public transportation system here in Atlanta, MARTA, cut more than 60 percent of their routes because of the pandemic. And therefore, people who are used to getting around on public transportation had no way to get anywhere. A lot of people don't have friends to call and ask them for a ride. And most of these polls are not in walking distance of a participant's home. And that's only part of the struggle. Republican lawmakers are doing more to make the voting experience more difficult. For example, one Georgia bill would make it a misdemeanor to serve food and water to voters in line. Nationwide, 11 percent of voters waited in line to vote for 31 minutes to an hour, according to Pew Research. Voters in Metro Atlanta, however, experienced average wait times of three hours, with some up to 10 hours. Advocates also warn that these restrictive measures could hurt youth voter turnout, which saw a significant increase in the 2020 election. Gen Z is the most racially and religiously diverse generation in U.S. history, Pew Research found. This fact could benefit Democrats over Republicans, whose voting base is historically less diverse. As Republicans are pushing hard to restrict voting access across the country, Democrats and voting rights advocates are working just as hard to counteract Republican efforts and protect and expand voting rights. Along with Biden's executive order, House Democrats passed H.R. 1, a sweeping piece of legislation that would establish a nationwide baseline of voting rights. Expanding automatic voter registration nationwide could enfranchise up to 50 million Americans. According to the Brennan Center for Justice, the bill still faces a rough road ahead in the Senate. On Tuesday, the Kentucky Senate passed a bill that would allow up to three days of early voting in future elections and make it easier for voters to cast ballots at regional election centers instead of at local polling sites. In Virginia this week, Democratic Governor Ralph Northam announced that he's taking executive action to restore voting rights to former felons as soon as they complete their prison terms. Even athletes have joined the fight. Through his political organization, More Than a Vote, LeBron James, along with other Black athletes and artists, have launched a campaign protesting the wave of restrictive voter legislation. The fight for equitable voting rights isn't going away. And the outcomes of these bills on both sides of the aisle will undoubtedly play a key role in how upcoming elections are conducted. Well, that's it for today's special edition of the CNN Political Briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer, and Haley Thomas is our senior producer. Raj Makija is our senior production manager. Our episodes are produced by Will Cadigan, Emmanuel Johnson, Mimi Mutesa, David Toledo, and engineered by Francisco Munroy. I'm Nichelle Terry-Ellis. David Chalian will be back on Monday.